You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Oh no! We suck again! Welcome back to Just Science with Grump and the Cranky Fan. I am the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan. Grump, we are doing a very special experimental broadcast. We are actually together yeah. for the first time doing this broadcast. Alright, so this is a special episode where we are recording for the first time face-to-face together with one microphone. It's actually on a Microsoft Surface tablet. In a hotel room, we are still experimenting with how we are going to do these instant reaction ones. But this is tonight, Sunday night, and Cranky Fan is drunk, so he sounds drunk. Yeah, and I'm not only drunk. We we've had a long weekend. Grump and we, I, we were down in Gainesville yesterday for a you know a classic Florida LSU game where I blew my throat out. And today, you know, after multiple multiple beers and uh, Jameson and Cokes, we are trying to do this. So. We apologize if the sound quality is not what we would normally. You yeah. Know, we are not at Cranky Fan and Grump's home studios. We are in a hotel room overlooking Bank of America Stadium. And I apologize that my voice sounds shitty because... It he wasted a lot of breath screaming at an usher. It was a whole thing. Oh, yeah. We experienced a very hot... Um, a very hot game in Charlotte. Hotter than we expected, right? We thought this was going to be maybe rainy... Uh, brutally hot. We expected this. This is something you see in early September, not in early October. I mean, yeah. it's fall, for God's sakes. And we, unfortunately, had the sun in our face from early second quarter to the end of the game. And yeah. we are fried, we are scorched, and we're pretty pissed. Yeah, I, I packed a hat and I packed sunglasses, but I left them both because I thought it was going to be overcast today. Whoops. And I packed a jersey yeah. with some gutless turd from... Carolina stole from me. All right, let's get this out of the way. So we had tickets. We had tickets in a club-level section where we were the last row in the section. So behind us is a concrete wall and luxury boxes where it was so hot that the some quote-unquote fan over here took his jersey off and uh, put it on his seat, or under the seat. Under, under the seat. seat. Yeah, let, let, let's be real. It was probably 90 degrees. Yeah, it was, it was hot. Heat index about close to 95, 96, and I was hot. It was, so, it was miserable. Yes. But, but, but the point is, is that there were only about five minutes left in the game. Yeah. It was late. It was late in the game. He took his jersey off, and come the end of the game, we look around on the ground, and the jersey is just gone. Yeah. And it's not like there's people behind us. There's a concrete wall. So somebody walking past us at some point picked it up. Somebody shiced it. This is my very special Eli away jersey from the second Super Bowl. It's a Reebok jersey, so they don't sell it anymore. Not yeah. the NFL site, anyway. Yeah. So the gutless turd that stole my jersey, I would love to meet you somewhere in Charlotte or in the Meadowlands. And I will beat the living shit out of you if I ever see you. So. so this is a special broadcast from our hotel room and not a North Carolina prison where we almost ended up tonight. Um, I had to hold him back from a Conor McGregor-like, you know. <laughs> it, well, was, it was a whole thing. Well, it happened, so anyway. All right, all right. So, so the game. Um, the game ended 33-31, I believe, right, Carolina? Yeah. On a last... And, and a walk-off field goal, essentially. I mean, there was a kickoff after it, but we, we consider that not a walk-off. Game right? over. Yeah. Um, I, but before we get into the specifics, I just want to recap what we said Friday morning for you guys, Thursday night for us, 
this game was what for you, your prediction? I put this as a lost in pen. Cool. I, th- I thought there was no Shut way. Up. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, we both had this as a lost in pen. All right, guys, talk. We thought this was a lost in pen. We thought there was no way. Um, we thought a guy like uh, Scam Newton would come in and just RPO us to death. We thought we couldn't handle we as our past history, recent and midterm history of handling quarterbacks that can pass and run with the effectiveness of Cam Newton. We thought we had no way we could handle it. Yeah. And what do they do? Not that. No, they didn't. The, the RPO was on display, but uh, a little too late, right? I mean, they did it on one drive early on. I'm not sure if it was the first or second quarter, but it was early on in the game, only for a couple plays in a row. And then they gave up on it, and then it kind of showed up again in the fourth quarter, I think, where they, they hadn't established it, so it didn't work. Right. Um, but where they did sort of move the ball were on, I mean, I think the, probably the biggest thing were penalties. They moved the ball on penalties best of all. But Cam did throw a couple things here and there. It, it was a game, Grump, where he never felt like any side dominated the other side. It was just, no. it was kind of a, I would even call it a well-played game. It was just a play where game where teams made plays, teams advanced the ball, teams had drives, teams scored. Teams couldn't stop the other team. It was just kind of a game where it just sort of happened. It did feel like the defenses were, you know, if you forced the other team to punt, you were kind of beating your chest. But once you punted, you were like, oh, shit, I don't know if we can stop them. And that's on both sides. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you know, the basic runs up the middle, neither team had success. But passes downfield were 50-50. Either the pass was caught and it was a big yardage or... I don't know, there was QB pressure or the guy wasn't open, so you threw it away. So, you know, I guess the best summary was this was a very evenly matched game, right, all around, special teams, offense, defense. Um, it came down to turnovers and mistakes. Right. And yeah. first of all, we didn't think we were in a position where we can play an evenly matched team game with, against a team like Carolina. Right. But we also didn't think that this would be an evenly matched game, right? We thought this game would be over maybe by the third quarter. Yeah. We, we, we thought uh, talent-wise, schematically, they would dominate us at home, and especially the way we've been playing. We've seen some incremental improvements in the last couple of weeks, but we thought that you know, this is a quarterback that will bedevil us. Yeah. We thought this was a, you know, a defense is showing some improvement but would not be able to handle the RPO. Yeah. An offense where, you know, the running game has been very suspect. Eli, we're going to get into Eli in a couple of seconds about, you know, what is Eli doing? Is the blame on Eli for this offensive woe, this funk we've been in most of the season? And, uh, you know. It's been a weird season where you look at the stats from Eli every single week. You're like, wow. If you are a fantasy football player, you may want to have Eli as one of your quarterbacks. Yeah. But the stats don't tell the whole story. The question is, what happened today with Eli? So, so let's look at the stats for Eli. Eli went 22 of 36 for 326 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. But also remember that one of the plays was a wide receiver screen to Odell Beckham where he threw for 57 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So there's also, you know, it's not on Eli, but it's part of the offense. and It's know. part of the team. It's, it's a gadget play. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll talk about a gadget play, but it's not like it's a, a touchdown score by the defense or special teams. It's still part of the offense. But here's the thing, though. When you have special athletes like Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. And you have Saquon Barkley, 
gadget plays can be part of your offense. You know, you they have, can be. They have special guys who can do special things that no one else in the can do and credit the coaching staff for putting them in a position to succeed. It may not be conventional, but it worked. And, and just speaking of Odell, before we start going into analysis, uh, Beckham had as a receiver eight catches on 14 targets for 131 yards and one touchdown receiving. Let's put that in perspective. Beckham was bitching that he said other receivers tend to get up to 20 targets a game. He got 14 targets today. Think about this. He had 14 targets without either it being force-fed to him or why is Beckham not involved in this offense. If we can get the, you know, anywhere from 12 to 15 targets with him every single day, we are going to succeed as an offense. It's not force-feeding. It's not forgetting about him. Well, well he has the, the special luxury of being one of the three, the top three, I guess, right, wide receivers in the league? Definitely top five. You can debate top three. Okay, sure. All right, well, let's just say three because they're the easiest to define, right? It's, it's Antonio Brown and... Julio Jones, right? The other two? I would say so. Well, he has the ability of being on an offense with more weapons than those two teams. Le- without Le'Veon Bell, I would say that is correct. Yeah, okay. Let's anyway. let, let's redefine that from a team that's a winning team or a team that can win to it to an offense that can be okay. very functional and high-performing. That there makes you go. All right. yeah. so, so that's, that's essentially what I meant. Yeah. Uh, so he has that ability where he doesn't need 20 targets to be a legit threat, but 14 is about right. I would I would think right. Well, I mean, we you, have, you count one of those targets is technically the one where he caught the ball and then threw it. Right. We, and we're also not gonna we haven't gotten into the research, but how many receivers get 20 targets a game? I think that's high. I think Beckham kind of took that number out of his ass and just said, "I need 20. I would like to get 20. The other guys do. I don't think." Well, yeah. That doesn't sound Anytime realistic. you're being interviewed, you're not, you're not, you don't have a stat sheet. I mean, let, let's be realistic. The average NFL team has between 60 and 75 plays per game. So let's say... That's one-third, right? Yeah. One-third is going to one receiver? Yeah, no. I mean, uh, let's even assume a 50-50 split in run per pass, which teams hope to do. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily happen. It's usually close to that on a successful team. Not, not yeah. that. Exactly. Close to it. So... Um, I don't know where we're going with that. Good. <laughs> I think the point being is that with you know, the gauntlet was kind of thrown down by Beckham that I need to have more targets to have me be more successful. I think we made a conscious effort for him to have more targets without force feeding him, and I think that is, you know, a tribute a little bit to the coaching staff and to Eli Manning, without succumbing to fan pressure of why isn't he getting the ball every single play. So before we get to Eli Manning, because he's next. But, but real quick, since we're on the topic of Odell Beckham, we'll talk about the special team's play. Um, so fans have been clamoring for it. You and I have debated it. I think in key moments we decided we would like Beckham back there returning punts. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily every punt, but today that's what we saw, right? We, saw, we said we wanted him in specific plays when we thought we had guys who could carry the workload of being a punt returner. It's been proven now over the first five weeks that guys guys that we've had either designated during training camp or these scrubs we've had coming in off the street can't catch a fucking pass, uh, a punt. So there is no confidence. And I've said this all along, whether, you know, talking about throwing the ball downfield when it may not be there. Coaches do not like Turnovers. Yeah. They do not want the risk of turnovers. Well, that said. You get some guy who just can't catch a fair catch or catch a ball that's been punted in the air, 
they're going to go to a guy they trust. And you know something? The risk is that a guy like Beckham could get hurt on a punt return or, you know. Yeah. But what is the alternative at this point? We can't get these scrubs keep coming on the field. They can't catch the ball. So, so while Beckham was catching punts, he looked pretty good um, to average, right? Anywhere from average to pretty good with his returns. There was one play that resulted in a touchdown for Carolina. Um, at the time, uh, Cranky Fan and I were not next to each other. I was at the bar getting drinks. He was, you know, at the, at the seats. So I watched it on TV. He watched it live. It was a fucking mess. But uh, I'm, I'm interested in hear what you have to say about Beckham's role in that. I think I think it was just a play where you know we are looking for Beckham to do things out of his normal skill set. Okay. We are asking him to create plays where no one else can make a play. That does not mean he's a polished punt returner who knows the ins and outs of punt returning. He may not have the, you know, the smartest uh, acumen of to say, I'm going to fair catch this, I'm going to get out of the way of a punt within the 10-yard line, 5-yard line. He looked like a very inexperienced punt returner in that play where it was within, I think, the 7-yard line, 5-yard line. Inside where, the 5. Inside the 5-yard line. Punt returning 101 says if it's kicked around the five-yard line, you get the hell out of the way. Let it hope that it goes out of, into the end zone, and if not, well, so be it. He was unfortunately in a position where the ball could hit him. It hit off his leg, and you know it's a free-for-all. One of the problems the Giants have had, you know, with the bad punt returns, not just here, last several years, is punt return blockage. Yeah. So when all of a sudden it hits off his leg and there's five guys in Carolina around the ball, that kind of continues that trend. So um, what I'm going to say is I'm in, I'm in total agreement with Cranky Fan here. Um, yes, I think this is not necessarily outside of his skill set, but outside of his practice. Yeah. So I think in LSU, he was a punt returner and a damn good one. I think it's been quite a while since he's consistently not only returned punts, but practiced you know, yeah, this it means perfect. And know. back at LSU, he was just out athleting everybody else. Yeah, yes, when it comes to actually returning. But when it comes yeah. to situations like this, I think mentally he did all the right things. He knew that this is going to land before the end zone, and I need to let it go in. But the blocking wasn't so good. There's a gunner right in my face. So I pretend to catch it, and I block him so that I know that if I block him, he can't down it, and hopefully it rolls in. Yes, it's the right call. But if it's that close to you personally, just forget it. That that idea is a wash. Get out of the way. Hope it goes in. And he didn't do that. So yes, the fault lands on him. Yes, maybe he should have had more practice. You know, in in the time. Um, I think to me, this falls under the shit happens. Yeah, I, I think I think if he if he tried to catch it and he flubbed it, now we'd be having a whole different conversation of this fucking idiot. You know, we can't just decide to throw a guy out there. You know, etc. But what he tried to do was technically what you'd want to do maybe nine times out of ten when the ball lands inside the five. I'll break this down into two different things. Okay. And one of the things is kind of the Eli Manning discussion about is Eli done? What are we going to do? Who on this roster right now is a better fit to return punts? Oh, no. No one. So he's your guy. Second of all, there's a theory. If anybody follows me on Twitter at the Cranky Fan knows I say all the time. Losers lose. And unfortunately, bad things happen to losers. I hate to say it, Giant fans. I love you all. I love this team. We just traveled, you know, 
Yeah. All the way to the southeast. We're we gonna spend be, decent money. We spend decent money. We're gonna be going to Atlanta in a couple of weeks. We're gonna be, you know, be a giant stadium Thursday night to see the the Eagles. The fact is, this is a a bad team right now, and they have a stink of losing. And unfortunately, plays like that happen to losers. Yeah. Bad luck. Yeah. I'm gonna chalk that up to nothing more than losers lose. Yeah. I mean. Yes, I agree with the statement. That particular play at that time of the game, so mm-hmm. early, I think falls under the shit happens. Yeah. I, I think I think it's one of those plays where, of you know, we all know football's bounce very unpredictably. You, you can't practice, and in yeah. spite of what morons like Florida State did this week, where they practice fumble recovery, that it's an oblong ball and never bounces the yeah. same way twice. You can't practice how you recover a fumble. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we agree. Maybe Beckham needs to get out of the way there. But, yeah, but you know, but, so we're not going to kill him. But, but, but nine times out of the ten, we don't give a shit that he does what he did in that play. It's just this is the one time where it bounces right into his fucking leg. And and what we've what we've endured this year are guys who can't catch the ball. Yeah, yeah. The odds of that play happening are very low compared to. Some shitbag off the street who can't spare yes. catch the ball. Yeah, see, see, I'd rather that happen where he's trying to do the right thing and get a touchback versus some fucking idiot who can't even fair catch it yeah. and, and muffs it. So, so we're on the same page. I, I don't want to spend too much time on one fluky, dumb play that right. wound up seven points the other right. direction when, in reality, this game came down to maybe four kickers in the league ever kicked this field goal thing. So, so before before Cranky Fan loses his mind, because I can see he's ready to lose his mind, I'll say this. We both came down here thinking, in pen, this is a loss. Yes. I walked into this stadium today, hot and sweaty, thinking, this is a loss, and I'm going to keep my mouth quiet at this game. Um, I, did, I did keep my mouth quiet all game, but the fact that we were even in this ball game after going down so early because, you know, okay, admittedly because of fluky special teams play... But also not capitalizing when I thought we should maybe score seven points. We ended up with a field goal. Um, the bad Eli, the bad Eli picks, which, but, which we have to review again. We we normally record this show on a Monday night after we right. have a chance to review. We are in our hotel room in Charlotte, still kind of drunk and we're initial from memory, and, and, really. initial impressions. Where to our eyes at that time, it looked like. Somebody was on the right page. It was a wrong route run, or, or a bad pass, or a bad, pa- or yeah. a bad. But we thought location. It yeah, wasn't. A, yes. It was a poor accuracy pass. It was just a bad throw. But but when we talk about this game in general, game plan wise, it looked like the defense did just about everything right. For some fucking reason, Carolina did not run the RPO, RPO the way they should have. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if we are the coaches, if we're Ron Rivera, we're running the RPO way the fuck more than they did. Um, but but they, they had Cam be a passer, and at times he found guys open, but he threw two stupid fucking picks yeah. where we saw it coming. I mean, one of them was in our own red zone, maybe? Yes. It's Curtis Riley. Yes. Um, Who, for most of the game, we were blasting. Is yeah. Like, well, well, also, we, we, were in, we were in the conversation of the needs for next year, yes. safety, because Curtis Riley is not an NFL player, and then... Yes, well, 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 we're not wrong. What, what, we, were ta- what <laughs> right. we were talking about was his right. angles and his tackling. That's what right. happened there was a very bad pass That's right. to a guy who was in the right position. So right. when we complain about Curtis Riley, we don't complain about him blowing assignments. Yeah, we we're, not, we're, we're, we're not signing him to a long-term contract because he had the pick. Yes, but we're also not benching him. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, 
So a, a very bad Cam Newton pass, which we expected and we game planned for, mm-hmm. you and I, right? And then another stupid one that Janoris Jenkins picked off and returned. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, for for much yardage. Um, that one not stupid so much as that guy's just not open. Right. Um, which again is what I said. If you make Cam a passer. He just throws the ball. He forces it. Cam is a gunslinger when he has to be forced to be a gunslinger. Yes. He does not know the limitations of, you know, he... We talked about this when we were at the game where it seems like he has four or five different throwing styles of how he throws. Yeah. But sometimes when he gets greedy, he puts the extra heat on the fastball. And yeah, and, and greedy almost seems like... Oh, never mind. I don't want to go on the stand shit. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's one of those things where you throw it and... You know, the spectator's like, nah, I'm not throwing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just not open, and it's silly, and it's something we've seen from him, or I've seen from him from since day one, since since Auburn, right? I, I would think. Um, and where his skill set lies is in the RPO that they did not use enough of. Uh, they did utilize McCaffrey. We did not do enough to shut him down. I don't think on well, defense. He's, he's also been playing fantastic this year yeah. too. So it, it, that's a tall order, no matter. What defense you are, what team yes. you are, he's going to be a problem. And I would but say, I also don't feel like he dominated the game. No, he didn't. He, but but again, I, maybe that comes down to game planning and targets to him. Could be, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, we did win in the middle. I think. I think they had a lot of trouble running up the middle. Mm-hmm. A lot of their stuff came on the outside where we thought they would have an advantage. Well, let's be honest. Everybody's had trouble running up the middle against this. Yeah, we're well, doing, but, but we're doing gotta, a really, you gotta win that every week. You know, between Stacks and Tomlinson and BJ Hill, we're doing a really good job this year. Yeah, that's one of been the highlights of this season so far. Yeah. Um, but Eli, uh, offensively speaking, I thought that we moved the ball a lot better than I thought we would. Um, mm-hmm. We, despite the running game not working, which is what we were arguing about all game, was yeah. Let, let, let's. Uh, Let's enlighten our audience about the discussion we've had for about three hours yeah. in the game, about the it running game. Was was it doesn't have to fucking work. It doesn't have to. You just have to continue to make them believe that you think it's going to work eventually. As long as you keep trying to run it, the linebackers will keep biting. Um, I think that they should have tried to run more sweeps and jets, something left and right more up the middle than against this team where you have K1 Short and Star Lotulele in the middle, right? I never expected the up the middle to run to work this week versus last week. Um, but just the the play action doesn't work. And I, I said this last week. I said this after the Saints game. The play action only works if you commit to the run game. It doesn't have to work yardage-wise. It just has to... You have to make them believe that when you are running towards Barkley with the ball out, that there is a very good chance that he's going to grab it and run. There is going to be a time in this season, and it's going to come pretty quickly, I think, when they realize, other teams realize, we may have a commitment to run, we cannot cannot consistently run, and that threat of play-action pass is not going to be there that it's here right now. I agree with that. We are getting very, very close to that point right now. I agree with that. I also think that this is not the team that we were ever going to have success up the middle. Okay. I think I think that ideally if you game plan this right, you would have been running more left and right off tackle plays. So why weren't we? I don't know. That's a question. Maybe we- maybe it might be it might be a lack of confidence in guys like Chad Wheeler. It might be, you know, something where 
So that be- that becomes a bigger existential question with this offense, what we want to do in 2018. Yeah. Don't think about in the future what our ultimate yeah. goal is. In 2018, are we trying to run an offense that we want to be versus an offense that we only can be right now? If we're trying to run an offense what we want to be, we're going to be unsuccessful because we cannot run up the middle. It's been proven all season. If we're just trying to survive and adapt to what we can be, to be the best we can be and potentially, you know, make the playoffs, we have to adapt to the personnel we have at this moment. I agree with that. We are, we are not doing that at this moment. Yeah, no, no. Let's talk about Barkley in particular, though. Uh, so, so rushing-wise, like we said, he averaged 3.2 yards per carry. There was one very large run. I don't know the number off the top of my head. but 30 yards or something yeah, about yeah, so, Something about that. But he went 15 attempts for 48 yards. But receiving, Barkley went four catches for 81 yards and two yeah. touchdowns. That is outstanding. What does that tell you, though? Well, it tells me that he's just he's a three-down back. What it also tells me is, the, again, what should this offense be in 2018 might be something that we saw Saturday night in Gainesville. Okay. An offense where they cannot consistently run the ball. Let's get the ball out of the quarterback's hands as fast as we can to the guys who are playmakers out in space. That game where Barkley had, what, 12 receptions, 13 receptions early some, on? Some absurd amount, yeah. Yeah, and he was a very, very effective. The guy is, you, you rattle off his stats, 12 or 40-something, take out the one, so it's 11 for... Yeah, I think it was 15 for 48. Okay, so take out the one long run, so it, it, it's 13 for... 20-something, that's ineffective. Yes. That's not. That, that's just, you have to put your best playmakers in the best position to make plays. And if right now, the best way to make Saquon Barkley effective is a, a quick little two-step drop and give him the ball, do it until they can stop it. Well, well They well, can't stop it right now. Yes. Well, well, let me ask you, does his effectiveness in the receiving game stem from our commitment to the run game? So... So if you run a play action and you're looking down deep for your first and second and third option down deep, and then you dump off to him for four, does that does that stem from our commitment to the run? No, I, and I'm, I'm asking. We can we can commit to the run. We can run the ball every single first, second down, every single drive. If we're not getting anything, at some point they're not going to believe that it works. Okay. And that play action is not going to be effective. Right. I, I you know, we. Committed more to the run than we did last week. We also... It's kind of a weird thing. Where it felt like we committed to the run more than we should have. We also took more shots downfield. We did. Downfield meaning 15-yard passes in addition to the shots downfield. So I feel like we did everything that everybody complained we weren't doing on both sides of rushing and passing. I think where we fell short was the running game just didn't work. It just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean everything we did game plan-wise was... Pretty much right. Mm-hmm. Um, it just comes down to results and execution. And let's give Barkley a ton of credit because he turned a two-yard gain out of a minus three. Yeah. And, Multiple and, times. And uh, the one touchdown he had in the fourth quarter was almost entirely individual effort. Yes. I mean, we thought he was just going to run out of bounds when he almost hurt himself he, scoring it, a touchdown. And also, we have to check and see what the status is of his knee after that because... Yeah. yeah. Well, well. So, so we're live, so we can see things. He, he kind of stayed on the ground a little bit, but he no trainers came out to get him. He jogged off the field, went to the sideline where no trainers greeted him again. Trainers did... 
Did they? And on TV, they said they saw a trainer, but we did see about a minute or so after we got the report that happened on TV, we did see him jumping up and down and being all happy. So. Yeah, and, and by himself. That's correct. So, um, but the point is, though, he yeah. is working harder to get something out of nothing than probably anybody in the league is right now. Yeah. And, and that is a testament, like, it's a testament to him, but that's not the way you run a running game. Right, but, but it also shows that it's, it's like a half a second more in a block or something like that, right? We have an offensive line that's not very good, and we're not going to get that extra half second yeah. this year. Right, this year. But it is something where, you know, for, for those thinking that, I mean, I don't want to call it any fans, but... For those thinking that, you know, we, we use the first-round pick, a very high pick at number two, on a guy who is running for two yards. Let's just, just remember that those two yards were negative three, and it, like I said, it's a half second more in a block, and those two yards are and, eight and let me, yards. And let me remind you guys again, I tweeted out early this morning when we were flying from Gainesville, we did not draft Saquon Barkley for week five in yes. his first year as a rookie. Correct. We drafted Saquon Barkley to be our running back for the next eight to ten years to be, you know, once this offensive line has been rebuilt, once once the successor to Eli Manning is in place, yeah. once, you know, we figure out what we're going to do with, um, you know, our second receiver, once we're going to do all these different things. So don't fall into that trap of why did we draft this guy and, you know, it's, we, it's not even October 15th yet. That's not what we drafted for. This is a long-term plan. I have no complaints with the play calling this week, offensively. No, no right? Nope. Um, I mean, I know the, the runs up the middle were not working, but I argued the whole game that today, this game, 1 o'clock in North Carolina, even if you're getting no yards, one yard, negative one yard, just fucking run the ball. Just run it. Because we need that to feed the play action for later. And it worked. And not only that, we also need to run some clock. Yes. Even if it doesn't work, you know, you need, in a 90-degree, hot-as-hell condition, keep their defense on the field for a while. And it worked. I I think the play action worked throughout the game. I think some deep shots were taken. I think some maybe mid-level shots at 15 yards, 10 to 15 yards, were, were taken and made. They moved the chains. It's exactly what we all wanted. It's not just you guys. We're, we're on board with you. Those shots needed to be taken, and they were taken today. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can joke and laugh about how Beckham threw the touchdown, right? And, okay, whatever. Yeah. He's a great quarterback, better than anything we've ever seen. Okay, whatever. We can make that joke, but ultimately, that's a gadget play that just kept us in the game score-wise. The rest of the game, the offensive game plan of run the ball even if it's for nothing up the middle and then run the play action off of it downfield to Beckham for nine yards. That worked all game. All game down to the point where in the fourth quarter on that final drive, there was a long ball to Russell Shepard that arguably went to review on whether or not he was touched down and scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So Eli did exactly what he wanted to do on the last drive. You know, yeah. We've been talking about this for 15 years. You know, Big play Eli, you know, clutch Eli, playoff Eli, Super Bowl Eli. This was no different than the final two drives you saw in both of the Super Bowls. It's like you have yes. to go X amount of yards and X amount of time. Eli, calm, under, under composure, ignoring what's happened in the whole part of the game to now, driving down the field. He did exactly what he's supposed to do. You will have a much happier existence in your life if you don't take every game... Every quarter, every drive, every snap, 
as a referendum on your team and your quarterback. <laughs> I'm serious. I think you will make yourself mental thinking, you know, okay, on that drive, you know, Eli didn't do this. Let's think about who we're drafting next year. Nothing's going to change until next year. We've talked about this 100,000 times. The question is, for 2018, if you still believe that we have a chance to show progression, still have a chance for a wild card, still have a chance to win a division. Oh, by the way, Philly lost today, yeah. and we play them in four days. They are not the Philly they were last year. It's a shitty division at this moment. Yeah. You know, we're not going to just say, oh, we don't give a shit because we're starting a rebuild. Just let Eli be Eli and let, let this offense play out. We're in week five of a 17-week season. They play 16 games. Making this broad statements of the state of the program and the state of Eli is not beneficial. He's, we get it. He's older. We get it. He may not have everything on his fastball. He's still... He, he might have been coached for the last five years to have a different type of offense that we are all familiar with back in his glory days, Kevin Gilbright. Look around the rest of the league and see quarterbacks that are out there and say, tell me you want that guy over Eli. Well, for another show, for our bye week, we'll, we'll do all those type of things. But I, I just feel like, you know, when he makes plays, it's kind of like a, eh. But when he doesn't, we jump down the guy's throat. And God, you know something, guys? With 2.50 left in this game and one timeout, maybe? Drove us down the field 70 yards and was vintage Eli. That is, you could have been in the, you know, University of Phoenix Stadium in Arizona against the Patriots and saw the exact same thing. I, I mean, to be honest, the fact that that situation even existed was beyond what I was capable of thinking of in the moment. Mm-hmm. I never thought the game would be that close where it would be like, okay, we need seven points because we're down by four. Uh, there's two minutes. We have a two-minute warning and one timeout. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we have to score a touchdown. That that thought that that would ever happen today was beyond where I thought this and, team was. And then we were joking we gave them too much time. Yes. we how, how did that fucking situation happen a minute and a half after like we have no chance to drive 70 yards or something? But, but, but to our credit... I don't think that this team gave them too much time. I think defensively, they almost pitched a shutout at the end there. After scoring and giving them what well, we had a two-point lead, mm-hmm. one-point lead, one-point lead. Yes. Um, the defense had to just essentially prevent them from scoring a field goal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they gave up one pass for 45 yards. Uh, sorry, sorry, for, for 20 yards to DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. And then another pass to McCaffrey for nine. Arguably a run for one yard, and this this is something we're gonna have to rewatch with the replay. Mm-hmm. Cause live we didn't question it, but again our perspective we were kind of we were we were on the sideline point of view, and then to our right. So we had a very bad point of view of where he's down, right. where the down marker is. To right. us we didn't question it, but essentially a one yard gain gave them a first down where they then spiked the ball because they were out of timeouts. Right. We were there. We weren't necessarily celebrating them kicking that field goal, but around us, uh, Panthers fans were not pleased with the situation in front of them. They fully expected this game to be over losing. But let's be honest, as a Giant fan, in the way we've been the last couple of years, 
Who had in the back of their mind thinking that ball, that kick was going Shut down? up. That, that's I did, so non-analysis. I'm not giving you analysis. I'm giving you... Yes, that's... I'm giving that's, you that's raw emotion. feeling, yeah. That's gut feeling. That goes back to my losers lose right now, where those type of things happen to us right yeah. now. Okay, well, either way, if I had to lose a game, I would like it to be in a... How the fuck did he make that kick? Where all I can attribute that to is a kicker making a great kick. I just only want to see... Yes, you don't want to get... I would, I would be in a situation where even you have to make an historic kick to make it. But, I mean, it's one of those things where on ESPN, when it comes down to it, if he misses that field goal, it's so written off like it's a 63 Fuck ESPN. Let's go back to... Whatever. Put it on NFL Network. I don't care what network it is. Let's go back to the first play in that drive. What was the first play? Oh, God. It doesn't matter. That's not the no, point. No, no. My, my point is... You started off that drive where... Yes, with a 20-yard pass. That, to me, is just like... I get it. That changes everything. I get it. I that, get it. I get it. I get it. But move past that. If he misses that 63-yard kick, nobody is blaming the kicker for missing a 63-yard uh, kick. No, no. That's my point. But my point is getting... Before you get into that point, you know? Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like, when you instantly give up 20 yards, you're automatically changing the perspective and the outlook of... You have to go 60 yards. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, we have a chance. Something that shouldn't happen in that situation that quickly. And unfortunately, it bit us in it. It started the chain of events that and ended, with, yeah. it ended with an amazing kick. Okay, fair enough. At the end of the day, I can say, I know he, he'll say this later this week, maybe next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am happy with the way this team played today. I am proud of the way this team played today because I fully expected this game to be over at halftime. Mm-hmm. And it even started looking that way towards halftime. And yet, they battled back to the point where it took a 63-yard field goal to end it. And and I'm okay with that. I, I am okay with saying a kicker made a good kick, we lost. And, and if there were, if this were Philly like it was last year, I'd be much more mad. And I, agree, I understand that. And maybe that's not totally unbiased. But I... I did not expect this game to be that close. I thought they played well to get it today. And if I had to pick one fart from this team, an individual player, I don't know that I could pick one. I don't know that one person stood out so bad today. I think you can live in a three-dimensional world where you can be happy with the progress we're seeing, looking at the yeah. your eye on the prize yes. of long-term development for a team, at the same time be super pissed you lost a game that you had. Well, we'll, we'll make no mistake about it. I mean, this team... This franchise is in the state they're in, regardless. But if their record today was going into this game with one loss, and this was their second loss, I would still be happy with the way they played, but super pissed off. I, I, I agree with you. You can look at this in more than one dimension, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I'm going to look at this. If this was a team that was in rebuilding mode, if we were a team that was like, yeah, we're picked to come in second division, battle maybe for first, expected to be like a 9-7, 10-6 team, I'm not going to say and say, well, I'm happy the way they played. I'm going to be 100% pissed that we lost this game. And I'm 95% pissed that we lost Understanding that, you know, towards our goal of becoming competitive in this league, before we even get to the point of being competitive for playoff spots, happy that we are better than we were after the Dallas game. Yeah, and I agree with that. But that is a different conversation in apples and oranges for the fact that in this game... A game that we made the trip down, and, <laughs> and everybody... You're making it personal. I am making it personal, because it, it means more when you go to a game and I you watch that. the game. I that 
a game that defeat was snatched in the jaws of victory. Okay. That, that has no bearing on the long... This is not college where the psyche of a team can go south very quickly because you lose a game like this. We're not dealing with 19-year-old students. We're yeah. dealing with professionals. Yep. And they can shake this off a lot more. And guys under contract know they will be here for one, three, five years after this. They know that this coaching staff is in their first year and they will be here longer. It sucks that we are having a problem winning games. And my losers lose mantra applies to this where a team that won three games last year has trouble winning and we still have to figure out how to win and we lose games like this. Overall, though, could you pick a player that you think you would give a fart to? In this game? Yes. Not really. Yeah. And that is progress on yes. the 3D-dimensional yes. thing of what we've seen. I mean, there was not one time... There were individual plays where I could pick out a player who fucked up. Right, but yeah. there was not one time I said, you know, oh, shit, right tackle is the sieve that it was last year not habitually and, and, I, and that's, I'll say off of that that the offensive line today I thought pass blocking wise was almost like watching a different team yeah yeah. it's getting better I mean Eli looked comfortable back he was, there there were, there were times under pressure but overall he looked okay and also that allowed Eli to take shots yes I mean that's yes. they, they all go together yes. just because you know don't bitch to me you don't take shots when Eli does not have the opportunity to. He had opportunities to. They took shots. Is he going to hit every shot just because he went downfield? No. No. Is anybody in this league going to hit 100% of their shots downfield? No. No. Have realistic expectations of what that means. Yeah. I'm disappointed that we opened up the offense to take more shots. It did not help shake loose the running game more. Yes. And I thought today defensively they looked... Better than I expected. Not perfect, but good. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, So, to me, when I look at this analytically, this game comes down to it was a very good, a very exciting game. I think both teams played well, not great. You know, no no one team dominated the other team in any phase of the game, I don't think. Did you see either team here as a playoff team today? It didn't look like it. I'll say that much. I think the weaknesses of both teams were exposed... Yeah, uh, you know the Giants find a way to lose with an already bad record, and I think Carolina letting their, a bad, their wide receivers and their secondary are not good. Yeah, they let a bad team hang around. Yeah, and and their quarterback, quite frankly, is not good. I will say he's not a guy who will win it for them. I will say Cam Newton, relative to his name recognition and to his star power, is vastly overrated to yes. his actual ability. Yes, overall, this was a good. Well fought game that came down to a very good play by an individual player to decide it. Mm-hmm. What they could have played ten times and maybe maybe six, seven times out of those ten, Carolina wins. I would say seven. I would go. I would go seven and three. And the fact that it was this close to me was encouraging. I know in the moment we're mad. I'm mad. Believe me, because I was there sweating. It's fucking hot. It's hot. I have a sunburn on my forehead. Um, I'm not happy. That they lost. So don't don't confuse what I'm about to say. But what I saw today versus what I saw against Dallas Sunday night were two totally different well, teams. Well, it's, it's progress. It's progress. And, 
And That's the goal of this year. When you suck, when you go third, three and thirteen, you start looking for progress. And I think that's what we said last time. And we will have another episode previewing the Thursday night game. When? Uh, we'll Thursday prob- morning. We'll probably record Wednesday night, I guess. Yeah. So uh, a, quick, a quick turnaround. We'll see. We have to see what our schedules are like for Tuesday. If we can try to bang it out Tuesday night, we will. If not, we will do it Wednesday night for you for Thursday. Yeah. And um, be sure to follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud and, and on Twitter. Um, my, my phone is a piece of fucking garbage right now, so I, I've been off Twitter a lot just to save my phone from dying, but I will have a new phone soon. I am at football underscore grump where you will find all of my opinions, and I will interact with you as much as I can. And you will find me, as always, at the cranky fan, and don't be alarmed or don't at me if I am not tweeting during a game. I mean, my... I am still a fan first. I am not a reporter. I'm not a media guy. I am there to watch the game and absorb it. If I am spending half of my time, you know, basically rehashing what you just saw, (laughs) it's not a good experience for you and for me. I don't want to clog up your timelines. I'm trying to watch the game and absorb everything. So if you see me on media silence during a Gator game or a Giant game or something, you know, where don't think I don't care. I'm not paying attention. It's just I want to absorb it all. We have... You know, post game, our weekly you know yeah. shows to do that. So I just want to give that little you know caveat out there, like, hey, where are you? It's that's why. Yeah, and as always, you can find the podcast boosted on Twitter at, at Just Giants Pod. That's correct. All right, everyone. We will see you later this week for a preview of the Giants Eagles game at home on Thursday night. Let's go Giants! Go Giants! Go Giants.